Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bondal. Hello. Hello. How are you today? <sighs> I know. I don't know. I don't know. Before we started recording, Annie was telling me that we basically like just... But like last week, maybe very recently, past the like two year mark of the pandemic. So we're now in season three of this mess. And uh, I don't like it. I don't approve of it. I would, re- I, I would, what did Taylor Swift say? Like, I would very much like to be uh, uh, ex- uh, excluded, excluded from this narrative. Excluded from this narrative. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. Um, so, uh, what are we talking about today? Um, but at least at least I have this podcast to cheer me up because today we are recording an episode that quite frankly I <laughs> I I can't believe this is happening. I never thought we were gonna be in this position. I did not think that this was even a thing that could happen, but we are talking about drumroll please, the season two premiere of Sanditon, because Sanditon lives. I, I, I know. Um I have to say so um, we talked about this a touch in the spring preview, um, but we were still mostly under embargo and I didn't want to talk about it. I'm really impressed. <laughs> like, I am genuinely impressed with how this season has kicked off. Now, I want to be absolutely clear to everybody here. Um, I am not one of the recappers, so I am watching week to week like the rest of you. Um, I didn't have to watch all of episodes at once to write things about it because um, for once um, I was assigned to something else. So I have only seen episode one. This time I'm the one recapping. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've only seen episode one, but I am thoroughly impressed with and maybe it's because I came in with zero expectations. Um, but I just, I, you know, the thing about a show that gets canceled and then uncanceled in the way that Sanditon did is that you just have no idea what you're going to get. Like, it's, it, they're, they're really, it's just such a completely blank slate. And, and it's hard to, to, to know, you know, or to, to predict how things will come out. I know, because there's so, there's so much stuff that's sort of out of their control, stuff that they've had to roll with, which we'll get to in a second, in order just to even make this show function. And I think, like you, I kind of came into this not expecting a whole lot, because mostly I'd already made my peace with, with it being done, and with Sydney and Charlotte's story being over, and I'd already... I'd already kind of grieved it and kept it moving. So I feel like this is just, I said this, I said virtually the same sentiment when we did our spring preview episode, but I'm just really glad to, I'm just glad to have the chance for more of it. And if it's not completely what I would have wanted or expected, I still am just happy that I get it at all because I didn't think that I would. And like, it's a, I just, it's a gift, honestly. Okay. So one of the things about Sanitan is when it was first canceled, I I had been so irritated by the ending. Just so Oh, irritated. I was so pissed. Like, read my finale recap of season one, people. I got, like, actual fan mail about it. I was so angry. Um, So, you know, when, when, when it ended and it was canceled, I was like, you know what? Good riddance. Screw off. You know? Basically was my response to it. And then Bridgerton came out that Christmas. And suddenly I was incredibly sad that we didn't have Sanditon season two to follow it up as a chaser. And that was, I think, when I actually grieved the loss of the show. So to have it then suddenly, like, magically 
renewed, you know, five five months later, six months later, something like that. Like it was basically like May or June of twenty twenty of of twenty twenty. Yeah, what is time? Who yeah, knows? exactly. Um, and and then it went right into production. Like I was just like, you know, a- and that's when I sort of was like. I don't know how this is going to work because the big thing when it was announced is that, you know, Rose Williams will be returning as Charlotte Haywood. What's missing there? Awkward silence here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the thing, the thing is though, is that like, I, I think that was the right move because I don't think you have the show without Charlotte. Oh no, you have to have Charlotte back. You can fill other holes if you need to. I, I, I would not have thought that you could not have the show that you could have the show without Sydney Parker. But now having seen episode one now, nah, you <laughs> sorry, dude, go go have fun, you know, being married to Rose Leslie over on the time traveler's wife. Have fun with that. <laughs> you know, make that HBO money. Go do your thing. We don't need Sydney Parker here. I mean, I'm set. All right. Let's just let's just jump right into this since it's literally the first scene of the episode since it's literally the first scene of the of the premiere episode of season two. Uh, we all knew that the Theo James would not be with us, but they have also decided to basically immediately kill off the character of Sidney Parker, and he dies in uh, Antigua, uh-huh. I think. Yes. And uh, on wherever one of his plantations are. Yeah, in in terrible pain, bloody sheets. Yeah, like yellow fever or something, something horrible. I have to admit, like I this is this is this is a true story. I sat down to watch Sanditon. Uh, episode one before I was uh, before I was uh, part of the panel to uh, part of the uh, the in- the reporters to interview the panel of of actors and and creators, and I watched the first five minutes and I literally was cackling my head off at the at, at the at the at the sheer level of like Matthew Crawley like kill that Petty, bastard off like it was I I I just couldn't stop giggling and I had to like stop watching and like come back to it. Um, I will I will say as the as the admitted self-professed Sidlot shipper on this podcast I am. I am a little upset about this and it's not because like I've said several times prior to this moment that that I Theo James's comments on leaving the show really rubbed me the wrong way I disliked the way that he talked about ending the story spoiler alert my man it is not like fresh and original to leave a woman sad in a carriage but um like looking at that I was really I don't know I think a lot of us who are are Sidlot people were probably on some level, I can understand why they did this because I, I not looking at like my own reaction, I am sure that on some level other people felt like this, which is that I thought that like maybe at some point he might come back and Charlotte and Sydney would either get their happy ending or he would see her or, or it would be like the Willoughby thing in Sense and Sensibility where he sees her with someone else and realizes like, what a huge mistake he made, what a dirtbag he is, et cetera, et cetera, punishment. And I think that I had not thought about how much like I was sort of mentally hanging on to that, but either of those possibilities. And I think as much as, as much as I am sad that like Stedlot is clearly not endgame, I think it is probably a smart move to just do the clean break, if you will, to be like, this isn't going to happen. You have to let that go. You have to actually, like, grieve this character, grieve this relationship, like, pick up and start fresh with the show without any expectations of of what you still might be hanging on to from the first season. I think it's, I think it's sucks, but it's smart. Um, 
I have to say, so they actually, I, I believe they filmed seasons two and three back to back. Um, which means that they could never have had him come back because if they'd filmed it traditionally season two and then season three later, yes, that window could have been open because Time Traveler's Wife could have crashed and burned. Um, but since he was knowing that it's all basically filmed, like this was the only choice. Um, also, you know, I, I have to say, yes, I like the fact that we we are are basically like cutting it off at the knees. Whatever, whatever came before, let go of everything that came before. This is a new world. I also really like the fact that this way we all get to grieve the character um, for those who desperately need to. Like I didn't. I was always a young Stringer fan. Um, and I, you, you can go back to all the podcasts. I, I was always. <laughs> I know. I'm the Sidlot representation on this, yeah. on this show. Um, so, you know, the fact that he's not coming back and the fact that we have moved on from from that doesn't bother me as much as it does you. But honestly, like... For those people who do need to grieve this character, who do need to grieve that relationship, this first episode is a really good start to that. And I feel like since we have two seasons to go, that we now have we, we have the time even to work through that grief week by week with Charlotte until we get to the point where she can start dating again. Mm. And I do think that they I do think that they treat charlotte's grief very respectfully yes they do in in the premiere um i i have to say i as i said i laughed my head off i actually felt that 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 scene where mary comes up to her and pulls her aside and tells her like i was like oh that is really sad like and i had just been laughing my head off like two minutes ago um right well i actually really love that they have all the other characters sort of acknowledge even though sydney married somebody else that charlotte was the one that was important to him mm-hmm. like that that was the relationship that was important to him sorry woman who i forgot your name that city married enjoy being rich i guess <laughs> um the thing is is that it also was such a smart way to compel her to return to sanditon one of the things that i had never been able to under that i had been really really dreading is how they were going to pull her back into Sanditon, how they were going to make her go back to the beach. You know, like, like, like I, 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 like and I, I, I will say that I get it on paper in performance, not so much because like she has one scene with Georgiana after she gets there. So she's like supposed to have been brought back to help her. Like, I don't know, tell the Parkers like tame her friend or something like she doesn't do a very good job of that. Well, no, because the, the because one of the things that we had also discussed is what happens to Georgiana now that Theo James isn't coming back. Well, now she's the ward of Tom Parker, who cannot do anything with her. So I, I get that. But yes, it it's it sort of it, it is kind of a, a fig leaf that, that disappears very quickly. Um, but I'm sort of used to everything about Georgiana being sort of a thing that disappears very quickly. I know it's really frustrating. And we will talk about her more specifically in a minute, but I... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we can... Uh, you know, okay, so we've lost Theo James. We've lost young Springer, by the way. Who is so. apparently in London, like, you know, living his best life and becoming an architect. Over architect? in Viking Valhalla yeah. or whatever. Um, he looks really good in Viking wear. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Also, we've lost Lord Babington, and I actually am quite sorry for that. I liked Lord Babington. I am too, but at least, like, they didn't kill him. No. And he's not, like, secretly a dirtbag that Esther had to jettison. He's just... He's just not He's there. just doing stuff. Yeah. He's do- he's doing what I thought they were going to do with Matthew and Downton Abbey, which is he just has business. Yeah. And he is off screen doing business. 
and she and she's on screen doing her business and we're good right uh, I, I have to say also I'm just really happy that like Esther has this really like good storyline um, one of the things that I was afraid of because we were losing Lord Babington is that basically they would get rid of him and kill him off. They'd have him leave her, I don't know, go to America, whatever. Um, and that basically we would have a rerun of her story of going back to bitterness, going back to going back to, 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 to creepy to, to, to creepy abuser boy. And and we're not doing that. Instead, she has a much bigger problem, a much uh, a, a problem that period pieces don't usually actually yeah. talk about it's so true though because usually when women can't have children in period pieces it's just like let's talk about what a failing this woman is and the reasons why she's a failing yeah and this is not that this is yes you feel like you're a failing but you're not and you're you're okay and 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 it's okay to grieve this and there's just there I I like it so much, and I think I I think I think that I think this is being handled well, and it's one of the things that I want more of with Sanditon. Me too. I want more of it for Esther because I think it's such an interesting story for her specifically because it's so um, it's so like emotionally raw. Mm -hmm. Just the topic, the the fallout, the de the dealing with you know. Apparently, she had a particularly like violent uh, miscarriage. Yeah. And and I think that Esther as a character up until this point has been presented as so like emotionally not stunted, but like uh, closed off a yes. little bit more. I think it's a really strong choice to give to give Charlotte Spitzer this this kind of material. Yeah, because and I think it's a really it's a big switch for the character. It's really I just love Esther. She was my favorite from last season. So I, too, am looking forward to hopefully her inevitable baby. However, that arrives i also you know i also really like the addition of rosie graham as allison um one of the things we can't do here is rerun charlotte in the same way can't we, i didn't want us to rerun esther we cannot rerun charlotte charlotte cannot go back to being little miss starry-eyed you know innocent girl you know she has to grieve she has to grow so we have to give ourselves you know i i i know that like Cousin Rose is sort of not a, a a favorite among the Downtons, but we do actually sort of need that that fresh blood. And since it's coming so early in in the story, like if if we had if if Sanditon had been allowed to to run two or three seasons, and then we introduced her, it probably wouldn't have worked so well. But here, it, I feel like it works. I feel like Charlotte basically having this innocent girl who is like running around screaming for a husband while Charlotte's just like, dude. Um, I, I really like that. <laughs> as as a, I, I, I do. I really like that as a dynamic. Uh, I like her relationship with Charlotte, too. What's her name? Allison? Yes. And she's adorable. She's also super annoying, <laughs> which, which I kind good, of love. Though. Like, I just can't. I just can't. I guess maybe it's just been a while since I've watched the one of Sanditon. I'm like, was Charlotte this annoying when she first showed up? Maybe. A little. Um, but not I guess quite. I, you know, she is the heroine, whereas Allison is the additional heroine. So Allison has to be a little bit more annoying. She's kind of, I don't I don't know if I mean gothic or she's very sort of like sweepy, fainty girl mm -hmm. thing. I don't know. But I like her. I'm excited to see what... I, I very much fear there's like somebody's going to do her dirty and wrong her in some kind of significant way because she's got really big like Marianne Dashwood vibes mm -hmm. to me. Um, sort of that like anything for love, just over the topness that means like something terrible is going to happen to her probably. <laughs> 
Um, I I also have to say we didn't get um we didn't get uh what what's her name back the uh um Esther's sort of a uh, uh, nemesis, but we did get Anne Reed back as Lady Denim, and I have questions about her sudden return to Hale and Hardy status. <sighs> yeah well we'll just sort of like we can just i mean i liked it they were just like she's fine we're keeping it moving but i'm like didn't she die no she didn't die she was just very sick um i mean they were discussing her like will and stuff so i I thought it was pretty much like like that that, that, that it was a done deal that lady denim was out the door very soon yeah Yeah. i i i you know she's 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 perfectly fine and i'm perfectly happy you know what maggie smith has lived like a hundred years on down abbey let, let, let's let Lady long. Denim, like, live at least five, okay? I'm I don't know. Lady this. Denim is not as good as the Dowager Countess. Well, it's no, fine. she's, I mean, there is very Although I will few say, I will that. say that I actually really do enjoy this sort of, this this relationship that's grown up between her and Esther. Yes, I do, too. It's very different. Like, they're not necessarily equals, but they're not necessarily unequals. It's just, it's a very interesting dynamic that... And, I was and, not expecting. Yeah, and again, in the in the giving in giving Charlotte Spencer a whole lot more to do, and all and a really like juicy storyline, having her have this much more complex relationship with Lady Denim really also helps, I think. And um, you know, Anne Reed is just amazing, so I think that I, I think that whole thing has so much potential to be great. I just think it's hilarious that she was basically like criticizing her doctor or whatever his name is. I'm like, girl, he basically raised you from the dead. <laughs> Maybe like cut him a break. Um so uh speaking of uh uh, uh you know the 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 bastard jo- Jack Fox whose name what is he he's also a denim and I forgot my Edward. Name. Thank you. Um you know I you know, when they said that an army was coming to Sanditon and, you know, Tom Parker is all like, yes, money. Right. Like I I, I was sort of like, eh, OK, but having it be Jack Fox, who had literally like I'm sorry, I keep calling him Jack Fox, Edward Denham, who is the one who manipulated the whole thing to get here so he could get back to, uh, you know, Esther and to Lady Denham and to get the money like I, I st- again, that was another one of those moments where I just started cackling because, like, that was not something I expected. And it was kind of clever. And what a great way to bring him back and also bring in a whole lot of hot men while we're at it. I mean, I'm very down for the addition of hot men. And I will talk about the hot soldiers in a second, but they could have left him somewhere else and I would have been fine. Yeah, I don't, he, I don't really feel I don't really feel like there's any story for that character that I need to see. Well, I, but uh, I, I do appreciate that. his hot brothers in arms. And since I knew he had since I knew he was back since Jack Fox had made it obvious that he had come back and like like Instagrammed like the scripts and stuff like I knew he was back and I knew we were going to have to put up with him. And I was really worried about how they would bring him back. And again, I just think this is a really smart way to bring him back and unexpected. You know, that he had basically that 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 this is what he had that this is what he in a way is reduced to um, is being is is basically like getting a commission in the army that he can't even actually pay for. Right. Like that. Like I I just I thought that was really clever and I really liked it. Um, Let's talk about the hot men. (laughs) Um, The the interesting part about about the fact that Sanditon basically has to sort of reset its entire canvas in this episode is, you know, it's got a lot of ground to cover. So it's not like super subtle in any of its setup. 
Uh, there are a lot of attractive soldiers. Uh, only several of them get names that you need to remember. Uh, the hottest one, I think, is Colonel Lennox, and he's the one that has uh, a thing for Charlotte. He's also the one, I think, that almost like rides over a child with his horse. Uh, yes, he is. He is Tom West. That's Tom Weston Jones. And yes, he is definitely like uh, on the scale dishy. of on the scale of like one to ten in the hotness. He is definitely on the ten level. He also just seems very nice. And that's what I want for Charlotte. Like he clearly like has an instant like chemistry thing with Charlotte. And I'm very into that because I think she just needs, she deserves and needs just like a nice, like a nice low, low stakes, no drama dude. That's what I want for her. I just want somebody that thinks she's the greatest thing that's ever happened to them and is nice. That's all. Yeah. I don't think that that's what's going to happen there though, because they make it pretty clear that the first guy on the list is, uh, I keep calling him Mr. Rochester. Um, uh, his name is Alexander Colburn. And thank he you. Is, but before we talk about him, he is Charlotte's new boss because in a fit of storytelling-induced drama, Charlotte has decided that she uh, will no longer marry. Love is dead to her. And therefore, she needs to find a way to support herself. So she decides to become a governess despite having... No qualifications for that job that I can see. She's but female. That's fine. That's, fine. She's that's all you need. She's female. She's like she rescued one of the children who she's going to govern from death by horses. So she's decided to become a governess, and everybody's like, "Ah, your social standing will plummet." I, I don't know that I thought Charlotte had like super high social social status to plummet anyway. She didn't. She was always. Like, she's a farmer's daughter, basically. Right. Like, I don't. But, yeah. So she's decided to. She's she. After the horse trampling incident, she takes the child who almost got trampled and the child's cousin slash minder back to their house where their dad, Alexander Colburn, who is like this weird reclusive Mr. Rochester type lives and he's complaining somebody in the household staff or him or maybe both are complaining about how they can never keep a governess around so but a bing but a boom charlotte has a new job yeah um for for the record uh ben lloyd hughes who plays uh not mr rochester when um when i did the round table he promised everyone that there was no crazy wife in the attic i um, mean he has real real rochester vibes um, but they do have a lot of chemistry. It seems like really like because, of course, Charlotte like has to speak out about something feminist and impress him with her ability to like, I don't know, speak truth to power or something. But I like I, you can see the vibes. I think as of the first episode, I am I am more a Colonel Lennox girl because I just feel like that Colburn dude is going to be like a lot of work and Charlotte does not deserve that. But that's clearly the tri- that's clearly the triangle that is forming. Well, also there's because actually she has three um suitors, not two, because there's also a pair of captains that are also here. Um Oh wait, I thought that was the one that that like likes her sister. No, there are two captains, one of which is going for Allison and the other who I think is also supposed to be part of um the way the way it was sort of um the way it was sort of presented is that there's that there's three love that there's three you know suitors and the other captain the one who isn't going for Allison is going to go for Charlotte and that we're basically going to have the t- the two of them as a pair um 
And one of at least that was sort of what I got from it. But maybe I'm wrong. I think the other one also might go for Allison. I feel like there's no way that Allison only gets one dude. Because it's just not the kind of show this is. I suppose that's true. Because the other new guy who I love, who is Alexander Vlahos, I'm sure I just butchered his name, but you were fantastic in Versailles and I adore you, uh, is sort of like the new Sanditon Town artist who's really like flamboyant and weird. He's and... Lord Byron. Like he is not. Yeah. Uh, yes. In the same way, in the same way that, 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 that Ben Lloyd Hughes is not Rochester, he's not Byron. <laughs> yeah. He's got like a lot of dressing gowns that he seems to wear as like regular clothes and He's very like, look, he's sort of eccentric. Yeah. And he is clearly the one who is being set up to be Georgiana's um, beau. Man. Eventually. Or something. Mm. And I um, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I, I like the fact that her that her second that her 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 not love interest, who we know is not her love interest. Um, Arthur Turling, uh, Arthur, the uh, um, the 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 other oh, brother yeah. Confer- confirmed bachelor, Arthur Parker. I yes. think you mean. Um, I, I, I do. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> um I really I have to say that, like, in, in, in the competing of not Byron and Arthur, I love Arthur better, but also I know that Arthur is not actually interested in Georgiana. Confirmed uh, bachelor, Arthur Parker. <laughs> um, so I know that that means that she's going to end up with Lockhart. That's his actual name, Charles Lockhart. Which I kind of, I don't know. I get he, the, the character, that character is so like over the top that I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about it. And his interest in Georgiana has like, I really hope that I am wrong about this, but it has like kind of a weird whiff of exoticism for me that I don't know how to feel about. And I just feel like, I don't know when it comes to Georgiana, I wanted her to have like her own story of like working on herself and not have to be like with this random man. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree with that. I wish that we had more of that, but I also feel like that there's, you say whiff of exoticism. I feel more like well he's a rebel so Mm. and and look he won't expect you to be a typical wife right that's more of what i get but although honestly why wouldn't you assume a starving artist was after your money girl get with it (laughs) seriously starving artists are always after your money what i want for georgiana is more they they mention it really briefly but i guess georgiana is attempting to uh, uh, to sort of like engineer you know, union, a sugar boycott in Sanditon. And I think that is super interesting because uh, we we don't talk about this enough about like sort of Austin period stories is like a lot of the genteel wealth that these people exist in is fueled by profits from an industry that is held up by the slave trade. You know, I, I've, I, I've been covering the Gilded Age and it's the thing that's missing from the Gilded Age that bothers me the most is that none of these people ever discuss of where their money is coming from and that their money comes from slavery and that their money comes from the South and their money comes from that. And it comes from products that are produced by slavery. So I yeah. really like this as an angle for a story for Georgiana who's trying to, you know, the, she's from the West Indies, like that she's trying to She's trying to make a difference and do the right thing here and to teach these people, you know, about about some of these issues and like where does sugar come from? Well, it comes from sugar plantations and what happens on sugar plantations and, you know, where did all of like Sydney Parker's money come from? Sugar plantations like that's really interesting for me. I don't necessarily enjoy as much the constant like 
this premiere was really weird for me in terms of Georgiana's character because she was just like, like, she had her her minuscule sugar boycott plot and like a he, like a bigger subplot where she's just terrible to people for like huge segments, and I don't. I don't want that for her. <laughs> I I think there's a level where they want to make her um, a little bit of a Maggie Smith in training from Downton. I, I think they want to make her mm. like Lainey Denham, like the, 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 the like the, she has the, she has the financial means to be able to say what she wants. Yes. I think that's what they, I think that's what they want to do here. I'm not sure it's playing that way, but I feel like that's what we're sort of getting at least so far. Again, as I said, I've only watched episode one. You've watched a few more. You have a better idea than I do. But that was, uh, that's what I felt like. I felt like it was, she's training to be that kind of old lady when she gets there. I hope so. Because for me, I just still get the vibe that the show understands that it's important to have a character like Georgiana, but they have no idea what to do with the character of Georgiana. Uh, well, that actually brings us to the final moments of the episode and the fact that there's this kind of Georgiana mystery that the mm, show yeah. introduces. Oh, I forgot about that. You're right. Um, and this is actually the thing that I was really, really wildly curious about. They only gave us episode one and then I went to this this round table and I really needed to know, is this just something that's going to be solved by like, you know, next episode and don't get excited about this or, you know, because one of the things about Sanditon, especially in the way it's come back, is that it feels like it's a little bit of everything. It's not just a period romance anymore. It's a period drama. It's a period, you know, it, 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 and here's a little bit of mystery, too. And I'm like, you know, you know, I'm the mystery girl here. I love that. Right. So I, I asked, you know, I asked the writers if this was a thing and they said, not only is this a thing, this is the thing. This is the thing okay. that is going to hang over for the next two seasons and so i'm actually like that is where i am excited for georgiana much more than i am for you know mr not byron or or you know i i do love her i love her friendship with arthur but i, I don't actually i, I I'm, I'm sort of waiting for her to realize that he's not into her a um, confirmed bachelor <laughs> <laughs> You know, and 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 I I I I am very into you know I'm very into Charlotte having know, two part or maybe me, part know. of me was really like, well, why doesn't she just marry Arthur? Then they could be like besties, have a great time, and do what they want. Because it's romance, and romances don't do that. I'm sorry, they just don't. Um, you have to marry your true love. You can't you can't marry your best friend who you don't actually who who isn't actually interested in having sex with you. That's not the way it works in a Confirm bachelor. <laughs> so yeah, um I, I, I you know, there's many things I'm excited for here. I'm excited for Charlotte with her two, maybe three suitors. I'm excited for uh, for Allison with her one, maybe two suitors. Um, they're they're Captain Carter and Captain Frazier, and I can't remember which actor is which. Um, the blonde one is Captain Carter, I think. Okay, yeah, I I I can't remember. <laughs> I know. I, I really need. I uh, that doesn't help that all the soldiers all the soldiers literally have the same costumes. So like, I I need name tags on some of them, especially <laughs> like the third tier ones that don't really that get like throwaway lines here and there. Yeah, like, I have no idea who any of those are. Um, but yeah, I um I- I'm excited for those, but the thing I'm excited for the most is if Georgiana is going to have a real mystery about her background and we're gonna dive into who she is and 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 really like do character development, like I want that 
poor her. I know. That would be great. That, to me, is the thing that Sanditon has that nobody else does. You know, we are in a we are in a time of of period pieces basically you know stretching out and 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 discovering what it is to have characters of color in a period piece and how 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 to do that properly and how to acknowledge that those stories were always taking place like yes. next to the Austin stories yeah. if that makes sense um and you know i mentioned the gilded age earlier like i really love the peggy scott story i really love brooklyn i really love everything that they've done there but at the same time there's a real thing that's missing and it's that it's it's that talk of where all this money is coming from and how all of these you know the rich 400 are basically like rich because they're the bankers who are making the money off of the slave trade like and and they just sort of and and there's like a there, there's like a whole in the show because of it well made technically the gilded age is after the war but true but uh, well uh, reconstruction has ended so now they're making it on 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 uh on in- on it's not indentured service what's the word um in, uh you know what i mean realism <laughs> okay anyway um <laughs> moving on okay so uh you know to you know it has some things that it's doing really well and some things it's doing really poorly you know we have bridgerton which is you know this this this, this dream of diversity in in region in the regency era that is both really great and totally a fantasy and it's fine that it's totally a fantasy but it's also totally a fantasy where Sanditon is trying for some realism. And this is its, cha- you know, every every one of these has a chance to make its mark and move the ball forward, you know, in each in each in its different way. And I want Sanditon to really grab that ball that they have there with Georgiana and run it down the field or whatever it is that people do on fields with balls. Um, I get want... down the field. I don't know. I'm just letting your sports metaphor go away. Yes. Um, I want, I still, I still really want, I mean, I'm here for Charlotte. Charlotte's my favorite. I love Charlotte's story. I want, since we do have two seasons, I want her to not, I want her to really have as much as I like kind of roll my eyes a little bit about, okay, she's sworn off all men forever and is now like a governess who has to, you know, get a job. (laughs) is kind of a little but i i really like that that there is some aspect of her story that isn't about like finding a man to be with it's about her trying to become like self-sufficient and secure in herself and in what she wants and and who she wants to be and and i i like the idea as hot as all these dudes are i like the idea that that we're going to spend some time on charlotte and I hope that we do spend some time on Charlotte for her own for her own sake, and not as part of a ship war. I would I would absolutely agree with that. I also, you know, like I said, you know, by by murdering, uh, by 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 ruthlessly murdering uh, Sydney <laughs> Parker at the top of the show, um, the way they did, this gives us a chance to grieve with her and to grow with her. Because I, because we have two seasons and we have the time. Like, even though it is very obvious that she has, like, you know, at least two suitors, if not more. I, I, I or men, or men who will be suitors anyway. Yeah. Um, I really want like her to get. She needs to get to the point where she sees either of them that way. You know, when you lose somebody who, um, 
Um, if you so, um, I, I've I've rarely talk about this. My husband had cancer for about a decade ago, and I was very very good friends with someone who whose husband also had cancer, and her husband didn't survive, and. There was a point where she basically like she was sort of dating and the person who she was with really thought it was a serious thing. And she was like, no, I'm not there yet. I'm just not there yet. And that, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. That's totally normal. And and I really want the show to, you know, even though, you know, Charlotte didn't marry Sydney, we have made it very obvious from the first episode that the two of them were supposed to be endgame. And now they can't be because, you know things happened and you know and 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 now we have and tragedy has struck so i want that i want that reality of how long it takes to get through that and get to that place mentally where you are ready to be with somebody else because in this in this first episode i don't even know that charlotte super feels like she has the right to be sad no because there's the scene there's the scene with um Mrs. Parker, where they're talking about something and, and Charlotte basically something to do with Sydney and Sydney's effects or whatever. And and she essentially says, you know, she he has a widow and it's not me. So she doesn't feel that, you know, that she's entitled to feel the way that like his widow would feel like that. She doesn't have. She doesn't have the right to that. So I think that's another piece of of this process speaking of said widow um do we know if she's coming back i cannot think of the freaking uh, the freaking character's name oh eliza that was it i i would be surprised if only because i think i i don't know i don't think the show i think the show wants to use sydney and sydney's sort of sphere of influence on the story that remains kind of sparingly and i think the best places for that are charlotte and georgiana not random widow woman but no i know i just if, if she because if she came back she would be coming back as like an evil person um i assume um, yeah one would assume but yeah. i doubt it i'm just that's just me wildly speculating is that i would i would doubt it um i also i also noticed um and this is one that i didn't actually like catch when we were when we were discussing who people character actors who weren't available to come back uh, uh diana parker didn't come back um the uh uh arthur's 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 other half arthur's first permanent lady friend <laughs> confirmed um, bachelor arthur's permanent lady friend <laughs> um and uh i i i uh i i i i'm kind of glad for that i i, I know they were funny but i do think this gives him a chance to grow as a character and that's something I really want uh, yeah i think he has more places in the story that he can fit without her being around and also i just think he's a great foil for georgiana mm-hmm. or partner really not foil but still and clara clara is the other one whose name i couldn't come up with earlier uh esther esther's nemesis basically um i i do know that she is supposed to come back i do know that that lily scar uh sarkovsky uh, i think is her last name um i i do know she's in the cast for season two so i do expect to see her turn up at some point especially since you know edward is here and wandering around in a uniform um but i i kind of I, I really hope that they do something different with her i didn't like her as an evil character i just think a lot of the whole like edward and esther and clara thing last season was really like uncomfortable and messy so i mean it was supposed to be uncomfortable and messy it was supposed to be but there's also i just you can't know, forget like the snake floor 
I'm sorry. Um, the thing about Clara is that I get that that was supposed to be sort of hurt people hurt people. But I really disliked that as a way of turning her into an evil character. Um, and I, I want more sympathy for her the way we got more sympathy for Esther. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if the show is even interested in that. I don't even know if more sympathy for Esther is like the right phrase. Esther got to be more three-dimensional than she did. Yes, I think that might be better. I think I want I want more of the third dimension for her. I want less snake floor and 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 ultimate evil girl and more she's a hurt person who's hurting people. Not an evil person who was hurt a while back and we're not really going to talk about that yeah like that's that's what i want and i'm hoping that you know it, as i don't know when she shows up um i don't tell me but you know i really i hope that she gets a better a a, a, a better uh uh you know attitude not attitude uh, just just a better just better i want better writing <laughs> um yeah i just am very I'm very, I, I don't know. I feel like we were talking about this uh, about something else about the sort of difference between the fact that like Bridger- Bridgerton comes as a binge and this show comes weekly, and I'm just like, ah, oh, I want to watch more of it, but maybe it's good that it makes me wait. I don't know. I I like the fact that it's a weekly in the same way. It's why I'm watching it weekly because you know I could have binged it, but I I don't want to. Um, I I'm already gonna I I've already I've already I already you know have Bridgerton to binge. This can be a weekly like wait for it, think about it, talk about it, theorize about it show. That's I think that's better for it in general. I hope so. But guys, Sanditon is back. <laughs> um, who knew? Who would have thought? I am stunned and happy and like as you have just seen, I have some nitpicky complaints about various things that like if I had. A magic wand I would do differently but I am I'm just I'm just happy that it's back because it's so I have so many other shows that I loved that did not get this chance so I hope that it runs with it and makes the most of it and just makes a great show okay those are my thoughts um Annie tell the people where they can find you on the internet you can find me at Any Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Any Bundle on Facebook. Uh, you can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats at Any Bundle on Instagram, and they're very, very fuzzy tails. Uh, I am a staff writer at Elite Daily, and I am the associate editor here at Televisions, and I'm still recapping the Gilded Age over at AV Club until it is over. So, yeah, um, but if you really want to know what I wrote this week, just, you know, go to my Twitter because I retweet all of my bylines there. Okay? Huzzah! I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web. In fact, I am recapping Sanditon if you have thoughts that you would like to leave in the comments there. You can visit Televisions online at televisions.org where you can see all the latest news, read our other recaps, and subscribe to our newsletter at televisions.org slash subscribe. We're also on social media at tele underscore visions on Twitter and television blog, all one word, on Facebook. If you would prefer to listen to this podcast on something that isn't iTunes, we're putting it on YouTube these days and we can be found on the WIDA PBS channel. Whew. The end of our podcast here is just like the things we need to tell you that we're doing are getting real long. So thank you for bearing with us and my inability to remember them sometimes. But we appreciate all of you. We thank you for listening. We are glad you're here through our 
spring madness that appears to be infecting us. I don't know. Um, speaking of spring, hello, it's here. Huzzah. Let's all take a minute to go outside, touch some grass, breathe in the fresh air, and disconnect from the things probably online that are making us angry. Take some time, be nice to a stranger, do something kind for your neighbor, or just for yourself. It is rough out there. We are in year three of whatever this is, and I don't know about y'all, but I am tired. So take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and listen to us when you're bored. We'll be back next week. Thanks. Thanks.